I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is episode 35, and I am your host, Paul. I am on my way to Nazi-invaded France right now to take out a radio tower at the top of a church in order to enable those people to get air support. But on the way to there, I decided to stop off in Spain in their post-Civil War era to check on my buddy Marco, who was having a little trouble getting stuck in some labyrinths that were portals to the underworld or some kind of craziness. So uh, how's that going? Hey, what's up? Uh, it's it's good until the dickhead leader just keeps coming in here and starts torturing all my friends and, and cutting them up to pieces and everything. And I just want to explore that labyrinth and, and party with some gorillas out in the you know the the, the Spanish gorillas trying to take over Franco Spain. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's a party. Yeah, yeah, that guy's an asshole. It's like it's yeah, almost like is. they're Nazis, but they're not Nazis. It's weird. Right. Exactly. I mean, he even combs his hair. The guy even combs his hair like Hitler combs his hair. <laughs> I know. He's just missing the mustache. It's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. We don't do no, that. He, he took pride in his shaving. He takes a lot of pride in his shaving, too. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, anyways, we tonight are doing sort of a fan-picked episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about doing some creature-type movies and came up with a few different pairings and put it up to a Facebook poll in our Facebook group for the podcast and the the winner by a pretty good margin actually was mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth and Overlord 
Right. So uh, the reason that I had paired those up, which we sort of made the jokes, is that they both take place at basically the same time. In fact, that might even be the same year. I know yeah, Pan's Labyrinth is, is 44, both. and I think the other one yes. was also in 44. So. Yeah, I believe so. So some so. some fucking how we found two movies from 1944. Well, not from, but R- take place in. <laughs> Written to correspond in 1944. Yeah, and I, as I was watching these two, also I was like thinking, this is the same time where Pan's, La- Pan's Labyrinth is going on, Overlord's going on at the same time. Because right. it, as we get into it, there is a reference of the D-Day invasion that you know Overlord takes place and uh, Pan's Labyrinth, the post, uh, you know. Spanish Civil War, but the fascists have taken over, and right. there is some radio contact there. So you can kind of put this in like, hey, this is like one day, one fucked up day that we're yeah, going right. to watch. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. They could almost be at the same time because they never really say. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the summer in Pan's Lab. Correct. But uh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was why I had picked the two of those, and also I know. I had I had seen Overlord in the theater last year and I loved it and it was yeah. like my number two movie of the year and then you no know, you hadn't gotten to see it and I hadn't gotten to rewatch it so it was like cool that one no, that came good. up in 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 list of my research so I was like well that one's cool and then I had never seen Pan's Labyrinth so when mm-hmm. I read the whole World War II thing I thought yeah it's a good way to pair these two up so then I get oh, to watch one I haven't seen and one that I wanted to rewatch so yeah absolutely uh. I was I was kind of on purpose holding off watching Overlord because of I knew that we were going to do it on the show and right. I wanted to watch it like where, where we have we get into these things where like I want to watch it and I got to call somebody I got to talk about it right so mm-hmm. perfect opportunity for me to watch it uh, twice and I was just like man this is going to be so cool I'm glad I waited honestly yeah I, right. I, I, I kicked myself for not seeing the movie theater because that would have been awesome. Especially there's a few scenes in this thing that were awesome to have, you know, seen in a movie theater with the sound and all that stuff. But at the same time, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Pan's Labyrinth to me too. Also, I've seen the day it came out. I, I'm a huge Guillermo del Toro fan, mm-hmm. and everything that guy does is golden in my book. You know, um, but this one is uh, it gets real, real artsy. You know, it's not real straightforward. Right. And when we talk about it we'll get into like some deep conversation i'm sure so i'm kind of curious on your thoughts on pan's labyrinth also um sure, being sure. that it's been a long time since that movie's been out and you just recently watched it with everything else that you've seen and kind of you know compare and contrast it to it yeah yeah well yeah i'll i'll touch more on on that for sure but mm-hmm. um in the meantime um people may not actually know because we had recorded so many episodes leading up to yeah. leading up to may that um, we didn't actually record anything through the whole month of May. So right. even though shows were coming out, we were just ones that we had recorded, which is, it's always good when you are way ahead like that. But then also you, you just kind of get overwhelmed and you're like, shit, like I'm recording this thing that I re- oh, yeah. did like, a m- or I'm editing this show I did like a month ago and I don't even remember what the hell I even said on it. And so yeah. it was, it was interesting, but I needed a little bit of a time off to do you know i just did this whole marathon training and then had the marathon mm-hmm. at the end of may so i just kind of needed some mm-hmm. some free time to not have to worry about anything well i was i was still yeah, editing yeah. the shows but not yeah, doing exactly. double I know, duty so <laughs> i know there was a couple times in april that we were doing double headers man we were recording in the morning recording mm-hmm. at night and it's like two shows right there and i'm sitting there going man paul's just putting away too much in that in that that uh basket there you know, for a lot of editing and stuff, because I right, every right. time I forgot there's shows were coming out that we recorded, and all of a sudden you 
you hit me up like, hey, here's the graphic for it. And uh, <laughs> it's coming out the Monday. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. We did record that because, you know, uh, it's it's funny because I was kind of getting, you know, withdrawals a little bit. I'm like, man, I haven't recorded the horror podcast in a while. And uh, because we I did know. so much in April. So, <clears throat> yeah, well, it was it's good to be back. Well, and it was just, I guess, because of all the stuff that was going on. It's not like I don't run a lot all the time, even when sure. it's not leading up to a marathon. But it was more just to kind of like the the lead up to it is so schedule regimented like i have to do this much and then do that much and Mm -hmm. then do that much and so to have another thing that i had to worry about scheduling with getting people on the show and getting yeah movies watched in a certain amount of time and figuring out how i'm going to prepare for them and how i want to review them and stuff like it was just one more thing to worry about putting pressure on myself with (laughs) so i wanted to go into it with a, a pretty clear head and and enjoy my time leading up to it as much as I could. So, oh yeah, that's that makes total sense. I know you're already preparing for next year, right? I know. Yeah, that was kind of my joke. <laughs> was I'm like, that's never too early to start getting ready. So, right, I go, man, the dude's addicted now. So, yeah, well, I have been for a while, but um, you know, it's it's still in in a sense, it's sort of still a new thing for me. Like, I, sure, I'm only three and a half years into doing it so into like distance running and the first year yeah, was yeah. a lot of you know one two three four miles mm-hmm. like yeah i ran four miles that's awesome <laughs> you know so that's what i would be saying yeah right and then you get to a point where you're like like now i'm like four miles Pfft, that's like a warm-up like <laughs> <laughs> It's a, I just get, it's a, I just get it's my all perspective. going at four miles. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I am done after four miles. But uh, so we wanted to just kind of get back together and do mm-hmm. a show without a burden or anything, do something kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the the plan of doing fun movies backfired a little bit because Pan's Labyrinth is not very fun. But, uh, <laughs> no. We'll get into that. It, it can so. be. Right, right, right. We'll get into it. But uh, no, there was a... Uh, it's a very emotional, draining movie uh, when yeah, you get like, vested into it, you know? It's like, we could do the Feast movies or <laughs> this super sad war movie. What? Yeah, on our <laughs> poll, I love I love our polls because uh, there was so, I, I voted like, I think I switched my vote on the poll like four or five times. And I was <laughs> not trying to just hit the winner and try to pad the, the things I was like, because I really want to do the Relic and Pumpkinhead. And I know we will hit those one day because yeah. I've been, I think I've, on our our side chat i think i've hit you with those two movies from day one i'm like these two are a great pair we got to do these and uh, so i kept hitting that one and then going to this one then switching back and forth which is which was fun to do because you're not locked in until like the the day of the poll so Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that we could do that again because we got a good response for that too yeah people like like participating in polls and and Mm -hmm. fun like uh survey type question things and whatever so yeah those always turn out well um but I don't know, since we were last on, this is why we also don't do like movies that we've recently watched or oh, right. or horror news or anything. Nothing against people that do that, but they record their shows right. and then put them out usually right away and we would be like... It's too fast, hey, yeah. So in horror news and then the show comes out like a month later <laughs> and it's all old, so... I know that's 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 the trick um, we do I do that with the Star Wars that's why I put it out the next day or the day after because stuff has to be out before it's old and it's old really quick you know like right. I know you and I have both seen Brightburn in the theaters yes. and uh, I was like oh man we could talk about that but then you know we can kind of give our initial thoughts of it but we don't have to be like because it's you know in the now and break it down so oh yeah yeah no it was um you know the it's funny because I don't usually say this about most movies, but mm-hmm. the the one like 
a, a quick thing that I could say, like the, the short answer of how would that movie be better is if it was actually longer. And, and they, yeah, it took yeah. more time to explain more things because there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of like, here's the thing. Way and too then fast. Mm-hmm. They move on to the next mm-hmm. thing and then like, oh, here's another thing. Yeah. And then they move on to it. And there's no kind of a long look at any part of this or whatever. And I, yeah. I like stuff. I feel like it's something that if, if you watch it again, I'll probably kind of start to fill in the blanks myself of what some of the things are. And then it's also, it's it's impossible to not compare it to Superman because they ape oh, so sure. much on it's, Superman. Oh, and I, I think that was the point, right? That was the point. Right. Um, so so I, I read a lot of Superman and Batman comics. Um, not so much today, but back in the day, used to have these little spinoffs. Like, oh, what if Superman, uh, my favorite one is uh, Red, uh, was it Red Dawn, I think it's called. It's what, if Superman landed in Russia. And, and mm-hmm. what would Russia use Superman for at the time of the USSR kind of stuff? So it's a great perspective. So this one is a great if Superman used his powers for destruction instead of humanitarian yeah, yeah. issues and stuff. And I 100% agree with you. I think I left the movie theater going like, you know, everything was just way too fast. Maybe it was because it was so greatly tied to that Superman thing that people just knew what the mm-hmm. powers were going to be and what to expect. So it was just like, oh, this is just a, a darker horror twist to it, you know, which was very yes, fast yeah. paced, um, which I thought that it could have been, it could have went darker. It could have went gorier if possible, because to me, the kills in our were a little too final destination ish. You know what I mean? Like splat, sure, splat, sure, sure, yeah, splat, yeah. punch, yeah. splat kind of stuff. And I wanted more of that, you know, cause the, Kid, not I mean, not to get totally into this movie or spoiling it, but he was exploring mm-hmm. some of the darker sides to you know uh, human yes. anatomy in the movie, right? But they didn't explore it. They didn't like go further into that kind of psyche on on his yeah. character. You well, know? And I, and, I heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard nothing at all about a sequel or anything. But this is totally something that could be sequelized. Yeah, I feel like oh. if they if they came back and they did a second one, and then that one tells mm-hmm. more about his origins or. Sure, what some of these sure. powers are or, or what you know why is he the way that he is or or you know whatever just explore more of the story yeah. a lot of times the first movie doesn't do much and then they get into it in the second one so i guess it yeah, remains to be seen if they I put will out a say, second one yeah and i'm not going to say anything about the ending other than my kind of ending the 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 post credit or not the post credit during credit kind of stuff that is what i wanted to see mm-hmm. at the end of the movie uh so a plus for them to to do that for me you know um but again it was a great it was it was fun it oh, yeah, was yeah, more it was than i expected you know like it's mm-hmm. like whoa there was like some sh- oh shit they, they actually went there i just wish mm-hmm. a little more grittier a little more darker with with that stuff but hey it was good i i applaud it for for them even trying to attempt it i think it's perfect timing with superhero movies and to throw in a horror yeah. superhero it was great i need yeah. more i want more now you know well that's the thing too i is I, I liked it quite a bit as well but i think if they I think we we expect superhero movies to actually kind of take their time and breathe a little bit. Sure. Because this was so fast. I mean it was it was literally an hour and a half and what superhero yeah, yeah. movie is yeah. an hour and a half long. Fifteen minutes in you were we're into the danger zone. You know what right. I mean? Which is cool, but at the same time, yeah, you know, we I think we're used to a little bit more of a of a uh, slower pace to kind of like get those horror elements in, not that action horror, like like I said, the Final Destination stuff. Yeah, which is but, I mean, it's just my preference. That's all. No, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm trying to think of their new stuff. I saw the new one. It's it's kind of I don't know. I'm not very good on deciding whether stuff is or isn't horror, but <laughs> right. Um, it's this cool. this uh, pretty brand new one called The Perfection on Netflix that I've seen a lot of people mm. have watched. Okay, um, I like that, that quite it, a bit. Yeah, it's a movie, right? Because I was yes. just gonna say that I was just gonna say like Netflix. I'm waiting for that that their you know kind of onslaught of movies to come out because everything that I see that I want to watch it ends up being a series, which I'm not mm-hmm. against watching series, but sometimes I just want like beginning end. Let's get to it. Like last year was like perfect. It was so good for Netflix. Yes, um, there's been a few yeah. that have popped up recently that I'm intrigued to see, and and a couple that I have seen that were pretty good. But yeah, this one mm-hmm. is not bad. It's um. Alison Williams, I believe is her name, who's the the crazy girlfriend. Spoiler alert for for <laughs> for Get Out. Uh, the the girlfriend is crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's her. I could, I guess, I could have just said the girlfriend and Get Out. But um, <laughs> yeah. anyways, <laughs> I did say spoiler alert. It's okay. <clears throat> That's when you say spoiler alert for like. Uh, yeah. everything spoiler alert well for what i don't know what you're gonna spoil i don't know yeah just trust just pause it coming. just pause it something's <laughs> gonna get spoiled <laughs> right um no she, she is in it and a bunch of other people I'd, i'm not super familiar with like a lot of sort of recognizable faces but you know character type mm-hmm. people or whatever the perfectionist uh, or what did you say uh, it's called the perfection okay all right and i don't want to explain too much because there's a lot of twists in it but it's mm. it's Basically, it follows Allison Williams and this other girl are like these primo cello players. I believe it's a cello. Right. And right. she had to leave to take care of her mom. And then the other girl stayed and became like world famous. And then her mom died and then she like came back. And then a bunch of stuff kind of happens. Like She, <laughs> she ends up kind of between. becoming friends with the girl. And then it seems like one thing is happening and then that's not. And then it seems like another thing is happening, but then it kind of mm. goes in a different direction after that. So it's very twisty and, and kind of predictable at times. And then other times they're like, Oh, okay. But right, yeah, really right, well right. acted and constructed and directed cool. a lot of really cool music and stuff in it. So cool. No, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, so, so far I haven't really been super blown away by anything this year. No, I mean, a lot of like movie... a lot of like eight dish range stuff. Like, there's been a few things that have been up there for me, but yeah, the the one movie I think I don't know if you got a chance to see it on Netflix. It's that Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, I did not because kind of... I heard kind of I, I, bad reviews of it. Yeah, that was one of the beginning of the years. I'm sitting there going, okay, here we go, another season Netflix. They knocked it out of the park last year. Watched that one. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. this is like. I just, I just didn't. I mean, maybe I'm not smart enough to get it because a lot of people liked it and a lot of people didn't. I don't know, but uh, it just wasn't. It just wasn't uh, something well, for me. I guess you know there are a lot of myths here and there. I also heard most people say that it wasn't really a horror movie, which again I, I don't like to get into judging be. things. But yeah, but if a lot of right, people say right. that it's not, then I'm like, oh well, it's probably not. So it, it's. I think it's close enough to be a horror movie. It could have been a horror, like a real good horror movie. It has mm-hmm. horror elements of it, but it went real like this, this artsy kind of stuff is in things in it just didn't, didn't matter. Like who cares? Like, especially yeah, the yeah. title of it, you know? So, right. but yeah, anyway, that's, that's one that kind of got me on the, the, like the raised eyebrow of Netflix going, Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't change what you guys did last year. You guys went monsters and, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been watching a bunch of stuff, but like I said, nothing has been mm-hmm. super like, oh, I have to tell everyone about this movie or right, whatever. Right. Other than stuff that we've watched for the podcast, which then we did a whole podcast about it. So <laughs> Exactly. There's some, those there's those some are the really movies that I've been telling people about. Like I've been yeah. telling everyone about All About Evil and 
Mm-hmm. And, Hallelujah. Um, yeah. So uh, great. You know, I've already talked about those movies. <laughs> I know, but, uh, still, I mean, but I, I do, I do yeah. keep our. I have a letterboxed, letterboxed mm-hmm. account that I keep that up to date of what I watched, and then I also have a list of everything that we've done on the show for the year. If anyone really wants to see all the movies we've done in 2019 on the podcast in one form or another, yeah, are all on there as well with my sort of ratings, mm-hmm. <laughs> with my semi-legitimate ratings, right? But, uh, right. Yeah. So I think. Uh, why don't we get into our first movie here, which we're going to, okay. we're going to try to change things up a little bit here and try to sort of synopsize these movies ourselves instead of reading <laughs> the synopsis and kind of going that direction. So right, do you want right. to do this one or do you want to do the other one? Yeah. Let me butcher this one. Let me, okay. let me try to butcher it as best I can. Cause, uh, I'm going, I'm trying to hear. Okay. Synopsis wise. So Pan's Labyrinth uh, yes. is our first movie and, um, like we've, in our little interlude there uh 1944 spain so this is the spanish civil war and franco the dick the fascist dictator had won and took over spain and now we have pockets of guerrilla fighting uh rebels fighting everything so that's the background setting and so we follow um we follow a girl and her mother uh ophelia which is fairy tale obsessed and she's traveling with her pregnant mother going to this village that that she has married the captain of this uh you know he's part of the fascist party and he's like a real like i said a hitler type person running uh, terrorizing everybody i guess it's that whole setting yeah, so Ophelia yeah. is fairy tale obsessed like i said and she's all about that she like lives in her own head so uh she finds a labyrinth that's built into this uh this this little forest area and there's some lore behind it um in the meantime she's mingling with some of the rebels that have infiltrated this camp uh showing her the ropes and all that and then she gets kind of uh told that she is this long lost princess you know um and she has to do three tasks to come to leave the mortal world and and join her real father and her real parents in this uh, underground princess kind of thing yes. so it's it's very it's very fictiony right but set it mm-hmm. setting in a uh i guess in real in a in, in a time period piece because there is some you know factual period pieces in spain that we're that we're oh, yeah, actually yeah. following that we don't get a lot too which i did appreciate is that we don't get a lot of World War II Spain point of view because that was a very um, bloody conflict right before and during World War II that a lot of people don't know about, especially because Franco took over and it was it was ugly. Sure, sure. And then uh, yeah, yeah. throw in fairy tales, it's awesome. And the Guillermo del Toro did this, and it's it's brilliant. Right. Well, in uh, the whole wartime thing, I had to kind of look up some of the stuff, so I, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had like a little bit of stuff that I found, which you had mentioned about. This actually takes place five years after the Spanish Civil War, which I don't know if that's five years after the end of it, I'm assuming. And it, it um, mm-hmm. yes, is like that the the captain, Captain Vidal, is um, leading this this group that they're out trying to shut down kind of the, the last remaining rebel groups. Right. Kind of like a like a Star Wars situation. Yeah, 100 percent. And they're out with uh, all their, you know, their money and their influence and they got food and they got supplies. So they have kind of the backing of this little village. But um, the the rebels seem to kind of be growing a little bit at a time, too. So mm-hmm. it's it's cool because I I didn't know, you know, the first time I watched this twice and the first time I watched it, I'm like, 
I don't, what the fuck is all the stuff they're talking about? What is red <laughs> propaganda? What, who the fuck is Franco? Like, uh-huh, you know, so uh-huh. it's cool because I had to go yeah. on and look this stuff up and learn about it. Good. To good. understand yeah. who these people are on both sides and stuff and right. what all that was. And then the, the whole World War II thing, like Spain didn't even really get involved in World War II other right. than sending some soldiers to help out on the the Axis side, on the bad guys. Correct, correct. They had a, they had a conflict with Russia because Stalin tried to like take over some of their shit or whatever. Yeah. And so they then dropped out and they were like, well, fuck you because Russia's on your team and those guys are dicks. So we're out, we're taking our soldiers and we're going home. And that's why there was that stuff about the red propaganda with the farmer guys that got caught hunting on the property. Right. It's the whole uh, communism, Russia. Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is that they, they're the, the whole like Franco era, they're this, um, it's phalangist is their like political theory or, or party or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's very dictator based but then yeah, they also like didn't fascism, like other right? yeah but then they didn't like, like places was. like russia and and italy and right. stuff. like they they didn't like those places that were doing the same things or like right well, right it's kind of a... what you're doing too so <laughs> no, it is it's a separate it, uh, uh political uh, Spain back in the 1940s, like I said, after the Civil War, was that fascism thing with the, the dictator and, and everybody else is wrong and to death to everybody. Just freely kill. Just honestly, that was like a license to kill. Same right. thing in Italy. Same thing. You know, Hitler did the same thing. It's just, yeah. Uh, so the the other thing that I wasn't sure about with this movie. So mm-hmm. this is this is actually the first. I'm, I'm almost positive it's the first Del Toro movie that I've seen. Um so you seen Hellboy and Blade? Uh, n- I have not seen Hellboy. Okay. I I had it on my watch list for like ever, and then I think it might have come off of Netflix or something. I don't know. For some reason, I ended up not watching it. Right, right. And then I don't know why it's not on my list anymore. Maybe it was off or it's back on. But sure. Uh, but so I didn't know what with the the title Pan's Labyrinth. I'm like, who the fuck mm. is Pan? There's not nobody right. named Pan in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, are they talking about Peter Pan? Like, who the fuck right. is Pan? Like, Where is um, Pan in this labyrinth? Right. Right. Yeah, so Pan is actually an ancient Greek god in mythology, or in ancient Greek mythology, he is a god. He is the god of the wild shepherds and flocks, nature of mountain wilds, rustic music and impromptus, and the companions of nymph. He has the hindquarters, mm-hmm. legs, and horns of a goat in the same manner as a fawn or a satyr. Mm-hmm. So the the character is the fawn, and then... The actual title of the movie is something like the the Fawn's Labyrinth or something, and for America yes. they changed it to Pan's Labyrinth because Pan yes. was one of these Fawn characters. I see, uh, see. That's why I when you told me you had some info for this movie, I was like, yes, awesome. I yeah, I had it. to look up what the hell that was about. So the original <laughs> title, right, was shit. Sorry, I, I saved this Wikipedia page about it, but it's like a super long explanation no, cool. and everything. It was. Uh, I can't find it now, but yeah, so it does, it refers to a fawn like Greek deity mm-hmm. and it also is allegedly the spiritual successor to the devil's backbone, which obviously I hadn't seen because cool. it's the first one that I saw. So, right, right. Yeah. So there's two movies going on here, right? Mm-hmm. You got the political or the, the war, the world war two kind of stuff, the guerrilla warfare. Um, right. uh, I did mention that Ophelia, who's who's a girl that we follow, and she's the one that you know. Like I said, to me, it's like I know that we a lot of people will compare 
just the word labyrinth to the, our actual you know labyrinth movie that we love so much with Jennifer Connelly. Yes. It's because she lived in her own head. I feel like Ophelia, this whole thing was living in her own head. I, um, this is how what I'm getting out of it. She she lived yes, out yeah, of her yeah. own head. Um, everything was made up. Even like maybe the maze that she found the labyrinth was real, but the creatures and the fairies and the tests and her being a princess that was all you know living that fantasy world because the reality was very ugly for her. You know, her dad had died. Oh yeah, yeah. Her, her mother's married this Capitan, right? And she's uh-huh. given birth to a boy. And all the captain wants to do is just, you know, have his son. He, he's that, that you know, what is it, a patriarchal uh, man that wants a son and forgets everything else. So even there was a point sure, in yeah. where there's complications with Ophelia's mom. And, she's, and he told the doctor, look, I don't care what happens to her just as long as my son survives. So right. there was that element to it, you know. And mm-hmm. Ophelia saw and knew all this. She knew all, everything was going on. She knew right. that there was workers that were uh, rebels that were fighting, but she she did not like the capi you know the capitan, and uh, she refused to call him father, right, and caused all kinds of problems. And this kind of fantasy thing where she kind of like lived inside, you know, her own little fairy tale. That was it's very enticing. It's very cool that that's going on at the same time. This war setting on the background outside is going on too. Yeah, I also got that it seemed like it was in her head or, or not real. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple times where they, they kind of show it. The most significant one is at the end of the movie when the captain is chasing her with the... She takes the baby and she runs into the labyrinth and he follows her into yes. it. And she's having the conversation with the fawn right. that he wants to take the baby to use his blood for, I don't know, whatever it was to open the portal to the underworld or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, no, you can't have it. And she's having this whole conversation with the fawn Right. And he's standing there and they show from his point of view, she's just right. like talking to the fucking wall. Exactly. He's like, what exactly. the hell's going on here? You know? Yeah. But there was a couple other things like the the root thing. I forget what the hell it was called, but the the crazy root yeah. thing that she put under her mom's bed and the milk that the fawn yeah. told her to do. She kept seeing it as alive, but then when other people saw it, it was it was not moving. It was just a thing. Right. Yeah, so. Exactly. Exactly. Which is very, like I said, I, I absolutely love that. I, mm-hmm. Because again, in the you know, we compare it to Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, it was in her head too. It was, it's just something about living in your own fantasy, uh, non-reality based kind of stuff really gets to me um, just because it's ugly out there and you don't want to look at the outside world. It can be ugly, okay? Uh, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people complain about the world. So uh, it can be very ugly, especially like, you know, in today's times and even back in 1940s, right? War and uh, everything is ugly and you got, you know, this, this, uh, little army thing and they're like i said it's a license to kill they kill everybody they kill farmers it didn't matter it just mm-hmm. it's just ugly and to her to kind of like self-retreat into her own little head was was beautiful it was awesome yeah so this this one had come up a bunch of times when i was looking through lists of i don't know whatever you want to call them best creature movies or creature features or monster mm-hmm. movies or mm-hmm. whatever it is mm-hmm. uh what i will say is as a creature feature or what have you this yeah. is, is not very good as far as that goes. Right. So uh, uh, on my first watch, I'm expecting, not, I don't know, I guess expecting because I don't have a better word for it, but because, <laughs> well, you yeah. see the previews, you see the couple monsters and like the trailers or there's action figures of them and stuff. Right. And you're like, oh right. shit, this is going to be, this is going to be like, you know, a bunch of fucking crazy creatures and monsters and, and all kinds of special effects and stuff, but more right. modern than say like the old school labyrinth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get to it and you're like, okay, so there's the, the fawn a few times, the fairies a few times. Right. 
there's like a toad once and then the the pale, the pale man, man with the eyes in his right. hands once and it, like, where's it, all the fucking monsters like this, you're this right. creature feature blows you're <laughs> So, <laughs> you're 100 like cool, right <laughs> they're cool creatures but you don't yeah. get that much of them and i'm like yeah well, there's not so much of a payoff right like you're expecting they put so much in the art department mm-hmm. right to, to create these characters and they're they look fantastic and they're just right. visually appealing and then it's like it's over we don't get the pale man again like i know yeah so that's I, such I, a great concept of a monster like you know oh yeah yeah and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but i sure i went into it with the kind of idea that it was going to be a great creature feature right and i was a little bit disappointed on the first watch and then i thought about it like kind of you know went back with my own thoughts and and was like well how do i really feel about this movie not just the fact that i'm disappointed and i go well i actually listened to a review from our friends on exploding heads had done some del toro Mm -hmm. del toro movies recently including this one and so I was listening to them talk about it and I'm like, oh yeah, but yeah, there's all this brutality. There's this violence, like there is these cool monsters and they show little things. And is this really badass like war movie with a little bit of fantasy stuff in it? Right. And I'm thinking, because the like, captain okay, is so, a monster. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you think about it as like a war movie, I'm like, this is a pretty badass movie. But as yes. a creature movie, it's, it's not so yeah. much a great creature movie, I feel like. You know, I, I, I agree with you on that aspect of it. Like, if I had to mm-hmm. put this in a line of, like, creature features, right? Like, I, like I've, I've said, you know, The Relic and Pumpkinhead and The Feast, right? Those are the ones that we put up in the poll and stuff. And, sure. Um, those would be, to me, those are classic creature. Not maybe classic, but those are, you know, specific. So the classic style, feature. yeah. Correct. And so, in this movie, you have a lot of elements. You, you, can, you could say, you can make argument the captain was a creature. You can make an argument of all these things, like entities, but... Um, as a mm-hmm. standalone creature feature, no, I don't think it stands for that aspect. But a right. um, just like well, oh, an art-driven. Well, I'm just gonna say like maybe like an artsy-driven. I, I hate using that word artsy, but it is. It's very, it's very mm-hmm. thought. It's a thought-driven movie. Like you really, right, right. you know, you can have a thousand different theories going on uh, sure, after sure. watching it. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that aspect. Like the the creatures in the film were great, but mm-hmm. they were underused, or Maybe yes. we just wanted more of them. I think that's what it was. We we want more of that because that was just so just visually appealing to me. Sure. Well, and that's and that's fine too. Like I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is if I'm rating this on just being a movie and not a creature feature, then it's like, mm. well, that's great that they show you awesome shit, but they leave you wanting more of it and you're not like, okay, yeah. we're sick of seeing the same fucking thing over and over again. Right. Uh, or whatever, that's but very true. They, it's good that they leave you wanting more, but the other thing yeah. as far as being a, a, a monster creature movie is the only thing that really is a threat, which we mentioned is the, the pale man mm-hmm. because the fawn isn't trying to kill anybody. And right. the, the toad is just gross, just like burps super <laughs> loud in her face and then throws up his entire insides or whatever. I don't even know what the hell happened there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she did to make he him turned throw up his out entire inside. Out. Yeah. He but. ate those Chris, those uh, stones. Yeah, she and like when he th- them. Yeah, threw up his insides and then had the key inside of them. So yeah, it's, it's, I know. It, it reminds me yeah, of a video it... game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you have to get the key from the frog to go to the pale man, open the thing, get the blade, and right. for the blade to cut the be- the the kill. I guess the I don't think it was a drop of blood that that the last thing was to kill the her brother. It was to kill the brother to like sacrifice him. Probably. Um. Again, uh, it could be all. If this is all in her head, that's a that's pretty sick, right? And but you know, right? She failed. She she passed the test. Sure, but yeah, the the pale man was awesome because yeah, you don't really get that much. It's this short scene, but then when when you really like pay attention, they 
like they show those pictures of him torturing mm-hmm. the kids and like eating them and whatever and you're mm-hmm. like oh shit pale man is fucked up and he's got a stack of like kids shoes yes off See in the that corner again. they just kind of show it out of focus and you're like oh oh it's shit. crazy yeah and that's why it's like there's a lot more visual things going on in this movie too because again i i, I saw that uh yeah all the kids shoes it instantly remind me of like the holocaust museums you know where you see the all the victims mm-hmm. clothes in a pile it just kind of like gives you that sense of of how big it was and I know. there's a and reason the why that was there yeah that was reason why that was there also to kind of maybe set the time but also uh how many ophelias before failed the test you know what I mean? Right. Ate something from the table and the pale man killed her. And, and now all the remnants of the clothes. So this is like a test. And, and according to the legend of the, of the, of the fawn, when he was telling Ophelia, this, it's like, you are the princess reincarnated and you have until this full moon to do these three cat tasks to come to be, uh-huh. uh, leave this mortal life. So she keeps getting reborn. You know, that right. whole fairy tale is she keeps failing and getting reborn and failing and getting reborn. And the fawn's like, okay, I'll wait till you come here again. Right. Which is kind of cool. Another aspect of it, too. And that's why I was like, okay, if that's the case, if this is just her Ophelia's turn in this in this time that she's this princess, whatever. And now it's just set in 1944 at this at this time. Yeah. I, I love the the paintings or drawings or whatever of him yeah. killing the kids. The one where he's <laughs> holding the kid up and stabbing the sword through the kid's chest. I want like a printout of that. Do you want that? <laughs> in my house. Yeah. Like a I tattoo heard... of it. <laughs> I heard that... Uh... <laughs> The pale man was a um, kind of a reference of the god Kronos, and because uh, that's what he would do, he would mm-hmm. eat the babies, would tear off the babies because he didn't want anybody growing up to threaten his ruling, and that right. was kind of like the the um, I guess uh, Pan's Labyrinth version of Kronos, the god. Right, right. Which is cool. Like I said, Guillermo. Yeah, I, 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 I This movie made me love Guillermo del Toro even more than I did. Um, sure. The only the, okay. I'm a huge Guillermo del Toro fan, right? But I have not seen Shape of Water. I'm sorry. I just haven't. Uh, right. You know, again, it could be one of those little love romantic movies. That I just kind of like, yeah, that's cool. But everything else he's done, I've, I've, I love. Absolutely love. Yeah, and I've always, I've sort of stayed away for the most part because I know a lot of his stuff is like, it's it's like what I refer to as, I'm, I'm doing air quotes that no one can see, <laughs> right. uh, like sure. real real movies. Mm-hmm. In air quotes, like stuff that would be in consideration for awards or like oh, Shape yeah, of Water I has actually won awards. And usually the air quotes, real movies are not so much my thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if it's a horror movie, but it's this like amazing masterpiece drama, right. you know, should should win an Oscar or whatever the hell the movie awards are like that type of stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Eh, that's not really my style. Like, no, I hear you. Like, I, like I can appreciate the quality yeah. of it, but it's not so much my thing most of the time. Yeah. Uh, what what puts this one over on me is the the fact that it has so much violence and and kind of mean spirit to it. Yes. And I know a lot mean of spirit. his movies yep. definitely have mean spirit, but um, I don't know that all of them have the same level of violence that this one does. No. I think a lot of them are a little more tame on that aspect, but. Yeah, I, it's a, it's I would like um, a lot of stuff with like ghosts and and haunting kids and stuff. And yeah, if there was a creature feature, Guillermo del Toro film is uh, Afraid of the Dark. That's the one that would be considered a creature feature. If you haven't seen that, watch that because that's right. about you know little creatures that take your teeth and all that stuff. So again, based on all fairy tales and, and mm-hmm. old Mexican lore. Um, sure, sure. I think it was a Mexican folklore that he does. It, of course, it makes to- you know perfect sense. And uh, 
But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, Hellboy was a blockbuster, you know, comic book movie. Blade, a uh, blockbuster comic book movie. Um, God, there's, there's, I, there's I think I might other... have seen Blade too, but I don't, I barely remember if I yeah. did see it way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that Blade, those are the ones that kicked off the whole comic book craze. You know, right. you, that's if anybody, if you comic book guys want to get technical, right? <laughs> so. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any of the other stuff like the Devil's Backbone or Kronos or I don't know some other ones that he had done. Mm-hmm. So afraid of the dark. Afraid of the dark is a good one. Like I think that's okay. the one you would like to see as a uh, a yeah. Del Toro creature feature. That would be good. All right. It's it's like his movies are too good for me. I'm I'm garbage. <laughs> and I can't, they are good. He's a good. I, can't, I hear you. I think uh, <laughs> I can't it's, handle it's greatness. The, <laughs> it's he he gets money. There's money behind the movies, and um, I th- I think this. I think Pan's Labyrinth. You're right. Is the most mean spirited. Um, anytime that's any you get a movie that's set around World War Two. Mm-hmm. If it's just so scary, the time was very scary. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, do just remember some of the violence in this movie is like yeah, the, and and a lot of it is it's like that war violence of like hey, uh, you know, this thing happened to me. Oh, your your leg is fucked up. Well, right. we're out in the middle of nowhere and we don't have medicine. It's nineteen forty four, so gotta cut your leg off. <laughs> gotta oh, cut it we off. We don't have anesthesia, so just get really drunk. <laughs> Exactly, make like, you bleed more. What, um, you got your whole face cut in half. Like you got to just sew your face shut. Isn't that great? Drinking. <laughs> exactly. And then, what makes it really scary again is the setting of the film, um, where where uh, the Capitan is interrogating the farmers, and they're yeah. saying they're just out there hunting rabbits, and he ends up just shooting them, about, like bashing his son's uh, face in and killing the dad. And it's like, and the, and it turns out to be they yeah, were yeah. telling the truth, and they just kind of goes off and just reprimands his soldier, like you should have searched them before I killed them. Yeah. Kind of deal or whatever and it was nonchalant that's the scary times that oh, yeah, i yeah. believe was i was actually that you know i think that was rampart around europe i, oh, I yeah, really yeah, do for sure you know especially he, on he, that kind of dictatorship kind of stuff you know he beat that guy's face in with a fucking bottle yeah i mean he was like what hmm, great a bottle. graphics on seems it. pretty heavy <laughs> i'll just uh, smash your face with this I mean, what a great, great scene because the uh-huh. the the uh, practical effects on that, where his nose was caving in and smashing it, and oh man, but but heart wrenching yeah. at the same time because you know he's doing it in front of his dad, and it was just like that's what's scary to me. Those those time setting movies, you know, whenever we see like a um, a World War Two movie but set in Germany, and the Germans are so scary, like you can't even be caught outside doing anything because they'll they'll just kill you or you know, beat oh, you yeah. or throw you in jail or whatever it was, which is that to me when I was a kid, I always was like, a, was thankful that I was not born in that time. I, w- I oh, remember sure. saying stuff like that, like, man, I, I'm glad I wasn't born in Europe or in the 1930s or forties, you know? Right. I will say that the, uh, when the, the captain got his, his whole like cheek cut open. Yeah. And then when he went to sew it back up, like it was pretty intense, but it also looked a little bit too fake. To, like it looked too clean. Yeah. I'm like, I know that yeah, she it wasn't cut it with a sharp knife, but yeah, it wasn't bleeding. It was just like this perfect straight line. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that looks weird. <laughs> but then once it was sewn up, it looked cool because then it was like a practical thing right, on his face. Right. So uh, it looked, it looked like, pretty cool once it was sewn up. But when it was open, I was like, that looks stupid. It just looks fake. Yeah, it was like rubbery and yeah, kind of like Yeah, it was weird. weird looking. I mean, obviously they can't cut his fucking face open and, <laughs> right. and do it for real. We're not but, there yet. Yeah, yeah. We're not there yet in movies. I mean, um, maybe isn't it ironic that... Both of these movies basically take place at the same time, and the bad guy gets the fucking left side uh-huh. of his face ripped open. Yeah, in both movies. Yeah, too. what a great like unexpected or or uh, uh, yeah, like on, an unplanned on accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unplanned uh, coincidence. That's mm-hmm. awesome. 
It's like the what was the ones we did with Crystal from Horror Nights in, uh, where they were both like a girl gets pushed off of a cliff and then doesn't die oh, and yes. lives and comes back to kick ass. It was like revenge yes. and um, and what keeps you alive. Yeah. Where I had no idea that that happened in both movies, and I'm like, huh, this is like the same exact fucking thing happens in both movies. It's great. It's weird. It's great when those work when it works out like that. I know. I'm like, what's with the left side of people's faces in these movies? What's going on? <laughs> Fuck your left side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was definitely some cool shit. I mean, the and a lot of it, I think, too. The like the problem with the face thing was they showed it in too much light. And a lot of times when they had to do yeah, yeah. some CGI stuff, he's real smart about like lighting it darker and shadowy and it doesn't show so much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and not that it was CGI, but like when they were torturing the guy for information, his hand was all like split and shit. Oh, I know. Yeah. So you can just kind of, uh, you can theory craft what happened there, right? You don't really have to show it's the aftermath sometimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, like, man, that was brutal. That is like, yeah, he's, you know, pliered his fingers apart, uh, took a ball ping hammer to him, uh, then the ice pick. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree that you don't have to. And they, they do both. Like they show you him mm-hmm. beating the guy's face in with the stupid bottle, but then yeah, they yeah. cut away and then you come back and just the guy's hand is split in half. And you're like, right. Huh, I wonder which tool he used to do that. That's Did he do it with and this both, one or that one? You yeah. Start thinking about and, it. <laughs> and both equally brutal and effective too at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I said, once I watched it through the lens mm-hmm. of like not just judging this on being a creature feature type movie, but just on the right. merits of being more so on a war movie. Like, I feel like this is a, a great war movie because yeah. it's not directly about a specific war. It's about this tiny little time capsule right. of a super specific thing in a super specific area. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's, it's I, got really good, I, I, like ca- kind of characters and, and action and, and yes, and pace that kind of goes through it. It's like kind of slows down. And then all of a sudden somebody's getting shot or something's getting blown up or whatever. So, Right, right, and I, like I said, once once you um take some actual you know factual historic events, you put them in this mm-hmm. little fiction setting. That's what makes it, I think, in my opinion, uh, more special. Like because yes, you know, yeah, this is stuff that was going on in Spain at the time. Yeah, and then you assume that well, because these guys are from that side, then these are the the fascist regime guys. Right, right, and then the guys running around the woods. And, and hiding from them, they're supposed to be taken out. They're the rebels. Mm-hmm. And they're like the, I don't know, the Republic or whatever, the, 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 the good yeah. guys. So The good guys. The, the Galactic Alliance or the, the Rebel Alliance versus the mm-hmm. Galactic Empire. Everything goes back to Star Wars. Everything. Yes, definitely. So. <laughs> they just didn't have a Wookiee, unfortunately. Oh, the Fawn, maybe. I don't know if you kind of squint your eyes a little. Ah. Yeah. I guess he could be the stand-in for him. He's the stand-in for the Wookiee, correct? Yeah, which and when I was listening to our friend's review of this, the the one guy they had a guest on this guy Abraham, and he was pointing mm-hmm. out that I, I tried to kind of notice, and it's you kind of notice it, but it's a, a it's not super super obvious, but that every time one of the events or tasks or whatever is done, then when the fawn comes back, he's like a little bit cleaner and a little bit more, oh. uh, kind of moving around and and like he's he seems like he's getting better or something huh. like that almost it's it's uh, the stuff that she's doing is kind of bringing him back to life like he's been right. sleeping and then something happens and he's a little more with it interesting i didn't even bother even to check kind of that stuff so i have to uh yeah i never look at that. noticed it the first time and then he pointed it out and it's it's not super obvious but he's like a little bit you less can make cr- the argument yeah he's a little less crusty and he kind of bounces around a little more he doesn't have as much like moss kind of growing on him gotcha 
Gotcha. So well, that's a cool little detail. Honestly, if uh, I have to go back and uh, and uh, check that out. Right. Which being that it's Del Toro, it's like I was saying in our chat earlier. Sure. Like you assume that everything means something. So it's not. Right. They right. just accidentally didn't have him be the same the next day on shooting. Like, no, right. he's going to make sure that he looks the same the next day on shooting. <laughs> right. And and uh, that goes towards one of my <clears throat> like loves of this movie because it was so well acted and so visually appealing mm-hmm. that I have a hard time saying a movie is flawless and i know and i'm not just saying because you know like as far as like the epicness of the movie i'm talking like from beginning to end it's just it's just there's nothing distracting about it to me in my mm-hmm. opinion that to me is a flawless movie you know yeah the, the one thing i would say that i the one thing i would say i have a flaw or, or just, i don't know not necessarily a flaw but like that labyrinth it kind of sucks like if you ask me <laughs> yeah it does was they go in it's like left right left right oh you're at the middle I'm like what the fuck this labyrinth blows <laughs> <laughs> up left down left that's the secret to zelda getting out of the lost yeah then movie. they just get to the the <laughs> giant pit in the middle it's like there's no it's not nobody really gets lost yeah <laughs> stick to the left you're good i know they don't even have a bog of eternal stench or anything <laughs> this is bullshit no no the labyrinth <laughs> <laughs> that'd be my one criticism of pan's labyrinth is I hear get you. a better labyrinth <laughs> get a better labyrinth <laughs> put a couple blockades there a couple right turns and i think we're good yeah I know the, the, that would be my one because I'm like the, at first I'm like did, were they even really in the labyrinth and you're like oh yeah they were but it's just right it's so easy for them to get to the thing they're just like oh I'm back in the labyrinth again and I'm back out well yeah because it, like, it wasn't she like told by um Mercedes right it was who was the, yeah, the caretaker there yes she's like she's like look this is a labyrinth it's ancient it's old um and it's like you know there's just you just well, go, she all said, you don't do go in go, there because you might get lost or whatever. Yeah, but all you have to do is go straight to the left, and there's this huge pit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, don't fall in symbols. the huge fucking hole. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry about getting oh, lost. Man. Just don't fall in the giant hole. Yeah, right? You get fucked up. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, we can. Uh, I think we could probably wrap up and, and kind of go into our, our right, thoughts cool. and whatever here. So, if you do you want to start off with this one? Sure. Yeah, so... Uh, man, I, again, I know you kind of had started to do it yeah. a little bit by saying that it's close to being flawless, Pl- close to being flawless. As far as like sitting there visually appealing, like I said, nothing took take, you know, really took me out of the film. Like there's none of the kills were like kind of cringy or, or gimmicky. Uh, I thought the acting was superb. It's, it's subtitled, but it's superb. I feel that if it was English, it would have took me out of it. It really would. If it's a funny thing to say, but I, I just appreciate yeah. it so much. Um, I thought the fun was amazing. Like again, everything in it's amazing. I do wish you're right. I wish there was a movie separated from Pan's Labyrinth, meaning this is like 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 the original Labyrinth, right? So you know we go mm-hmm. in and explore all the stuff. There's more obstacles. There's more creatures, and you know the Pellman has a bigger role, or, or oh, as far sure, as sure. like he comes back to to Hunter. That would be cool. That would be a really well, cool. It, it has the movie. similarities to the original one, where it's you know it's based on a princess, and she has to go into the labyrinth to yeah. To defeat the Goblin King or whatever, so it's, yeah, it has yeah. that kind of princess fairy tale thing with that one too. So yeah, like I w- like there's one thing I really wish in my head. I wish it was like I said when she failed that test and took that grape and the pale man came alive and started attacking her and, and eating the fairies. I felt like he should have been there at the end somewhere, you know, where it was chasing her the whole time, not just escaping that room because then there was a little bit right. of a payoff, right? So. Again, minor. Uh, these are these are my. They're not even gripes or complaints. They're just kind of things that I, that I put in my head. And go, man, that would have been cool if they did this. But um, 
I, I, but I will say this though. I think this movie could be told in any setting. I don't think it was necessary to be told in a World War II or in 1944 Spain. I don't oh, necessarily for sure. yeah, yeah. think, you know, it could have been an isolated village with a well, guy yeah, that was any, mean, you know. Any kind so. of a oppressive setting, yeah. Something yeah, exactly. Where so there's a girl or, or boy or whatever the character mm-hmm. you want to have it and, and they are in an oppressed life and right. they use this as their tool to escape from reality. Well, you just wrote the remake right there. They're going to make Ophelia a boy. They'll put it in... Do it in the ghetto. Thing. Do it in the get exactly. They'll there we the, go. The, oh my god! Um, and it will be a <laughs> it will be a person of color. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know the the the, the fawn will be a, a slum lord, or the yeah, the oppressor yeah. will be a slum lord. You know all that stuff. So um, I like it. Not like <laughs> well, it's like Overlord. Ness in it had to be in a World War II setting. Like it's this like, didn't have to be, be. They could call it Labyrinth in the Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. They would go along with Leprechaun in the Hood. Exactly. There'll be a, a cheesy rap at the end. You know, <laughs> I think we just ruined this movie. <laughs> we did, man. I'm done. Or made I, it better. I'm I not went, sure. <laughs> I went from love to like absolutely hate. No, no. I, I love this movie. I don't think to me it's not a the best around type of movie because I got so many others, but this is mm-hmm. so close. So it's sure, a sure. small best around to me. Like, you know, uh, yes, I, I whisper, I'll whisper sing it. Um, okay. Yes, but it is a love to me. I I love this movie. Um, I I'm not afraid. I cried at the end of this when I first saw it because it's just it's a heart touching movie to me. Like just Ophelia's journey and for her, sure, it has sure. somebody that lived in her head and in her head she succeeded, right? But in reality, you know, she got she she died, and that's prevalent because that's the very beginning of the movie. It's not really a spoiler. Um, I know they, sh- they but, shouldn't have spoiled that. <laughs> That would be one thing I didn't like too, is that they show her dead, and you're like, "Well, now I know she's gonna die. What the fuck?" Right. Well, that's your in your head. You're kind of like, "Okay, how do we get to this point?" Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a it's an emotional roller coaster, and I just I just love yes. the setting. I felt for Ophelia's character so much. Like I was just I felt for her. I wanted her to succeed so bad. You know, wanted her to escape all that stuff and become the underground princess. You know, it's just it's it's that yeah, yeah. fantasy. Uh, uh, person in all of us, you know. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Love the movie. Absolutely love it. Nice. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm like right at the border of the first time I watched it, I liked it, and then the second time I liked it a lot more. So mm-hmm. I could say mm-hmm. that I I probably love this movie now. Cool. Um, it's it's definitely one that that took me a little bit of trying to get into, but I'm sure. I'm also I'm trying harder to like get outside <laughs> really of some of my hard. boxes a little bit. <laughs> right. And not just be like, oh, well, because it's this or that, like, I'm not going to like it. Like, I, I'm really trying not to be that person. So so more ghost stories and supernatural coming <clears throat> in our way? It uh, could be. I mean, <laughs> as long as they're not. They either have to be really, really bad or they have to be, like, really, really good. So I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> if they're so bad, then they become good. Then that's also okay. I got you covered on that. Because I like garbage. <laughs> exactly. but, uh, Go ahead. No, I, I like the fact that this has this conflict in it because it adds to the violence and it almost makes it a little mm. bit of an action movie as well at times. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Where you have these gun battles and stuff. It's, I mean, it's definitely a, a war slash military movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that it doesn't pull any punches and, and nobody is safe and you see all these right. main characters, including the main character get killed. Right. And like, to me, that's always a, a, a plus when a movie well, not always a plus, but I definitely 
can appreciate when a movie has the audacity to like kill their their main character or to, especially Absolutely. a kid you know Absolutely. So, like, here, especially when this person and they're dead. Yeah, especially when it it does drive the narrative. You know, it really mm-hmm. makes sense. And you're right. That whole sense of nobody's safe, anything can happen at any moment. That's real life. You know right. what I mean? That's it, it, it's just a it's just you know heroes die. They become heroes after they're dead. You know, they don't have any kind of Indiana Jones running around in real life. You know. Sure, and the, and I mean they kind of in in a way they kind of uh, make the ending. Not so bad by being like, well, but she went to this happy afterlife, and even if it's right. not real, then that's where she thinks she went or something. Exactly, a hundred percent. So, yeah. So it, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a really a really cool movie. It's just something that I I think my biggest gripe with it is that people shouldn't call it a, a creature feature or a whatever the hell it was that it kept showing up on lists of. Right, I agree uh, with that. Stop, stop calling it that. It's not that. It's not. No. So, <laughs> I, I, I has, agree with that. It 100%. has those things in it, but it's not. <laughs> Just the because focus it's got creatures movie. in it. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more to it. It's a lot more deeper than a creature feature. Creature features are mindless. You know, sure, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's more no... about the people for sure. Yeah, hundred yeah, exactly. So no, I, I, I totally agree with that. And get better labyrinths. maybe it was bigger and over time it just kind of deteriorated and people built cities and deforestation and all that stuff i don't know yeah well and if it was like a long time ago they were they were like not as smart so they would just get lost all the time and this thing is really hard they were like zoolander i can't turn left i can't turn left so we made the maze turn left that's right they're like fuck (laughs) now i'm stuck in here People right. run into this they wall get, like a zombie. That's funny. <laughs> get better labyrinth. That's funny. <laughs> get a better labyrinth. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was something in the legend too of of what this like the legend, the fairy tale that the story is based on. I read a little mm-hmm. bit about how whoever her father was, this this king of the underworld, that he had built a bunch of these labyrinths with fawns in them all over the world. Right, and right. Because they mention, because they mention in the movie that this is the last one. Uh, the, yeah. The fawn tells her that this is the last one of them, and so then when you read about it, it has that kind of a deeper meaning where you're like, well, if this is the last one, what happened to the other ones? And it, mm-hmm. it just kind of, I read just quick, and it said that you know he built them all over the world, and that they had slowly been, you know, whatever built over top of or mm-hmm. destroyed or or gotten rid of in one way or another. That yeah. the world moved on and they weren't there anymore. Yeah, makes sense. So, I love I it. That that, it cool. makes a yeah, brings it to the modern day or mm-hmm. kind of modern day, and it kind of gives you a little deep history of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we will come back to talk about Overlord. Cool. Well, for this one, I don't think that I'm going to find a clip that encapsulates the movie to play since it's all in Spanish. But right, <laughs> I'll just yeah, play something right? in Spanish. You should you should do the, play it. it in Spanish and then do the um subtitles. You should do the voice. I'll just over. read them over top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I am the fawn. I have many fawn. names, most of which cannot be pronounced by people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
All I know is I want to see Labyrinth in the hood now. <laughs> I know, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, you know what? It, I swear, I swear to you, if they ever did a remake, that's exactly what they would do. It would have been, it would have been uh, uh, 1969 LA, or it would be um, 91 Los Angeles with the riots going on around. Because there's the there's the dangerous setting, right? So it's like you know yeah. in the ghetto, and then you know you, the 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 young um, the young black kid having to survive and they go into the Korean liquor stores and they're shooting them on the rooftops and it's all bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just all bad. But yeah, I could how see, about, I could definitely see a remake doing that. How about a labyrinth during the purge? Right. Like have, the, have the purge going on. And then it's like to escape this, I go to my labyrinth. <laughs> I go to my labyrinth and I go left, right, left. And I'm there. Yeah. And they're like, you're the prince of the underworld. <laughs> Instead of underworld, it's, like, it's gotta be something else. Like the, the cloud prince you're yeah. in the, the sky overlooking the earth they're like you can be the overlord oh no wait that's you know not, uh, not we're, thing. we're joking around but i honestly think this is how they do it in hollywood <laughs> we need a remake i, hope so. I got it <laughs> i got it let's make chucky and ai oh wait wait no we haven't seen it yet it might be good yes i'm probably gonna like it more than most people i don't know man i, I think it's gonna be popular last... to hate it and then usually that makes me like movies better yeah, I hear you, but I just, I'm, I know I'm going in there with arms folded because it's just, you know, taking a beloved yeah. character and that whole blah, 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 right? But it might be good. It might be good, but I won't. It's like, I'll, I'll come out there saying, look, it was good for what it was, but it's not a child's play movie. But anyway, yeah. it could be. I, I'm over it. I got over it real fast. Yeah. I also, I don't really have much that's sacred to me. I don't care about anything. Well, it's not like I, I live or die <laughs> with this stuff, you know, but uh, no, it's I like, I, it's one of those things like if you've never seen Child's Play, like the original one, right? <clears throat> and you saw this one, that would piss me off. <laughs> that would be like, if you were like, this one is amazing. I'm like, oh, but the voodoo. Yeah. I, I like just the, assume that everyone's stupid anyway, so. Well, that night, I like more of the unexplainable <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to explain it. You over explain it, it's not scary anymore. It really isn't. You unplug the damn thing. You know what I mean? It's it's um, it's the AI that went nuts. Okay, but what about voodoo? You can't stop voodoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what the was, stuff. Uh, that's cool. Oh, we were just watching uh, Chopping Mall, and I'm like, why don't yeah. they just fucking pour water on these things? <laughs> yeah, like, you, nobody think of this shit. Or outrun it till the batteries die. I mean, it's got to run out of energy yeah. sometime. Yeah, like, pour like water blast on it, it with electricity or pour water on it. I mean, they're like, sh they're trying to shoot it with guns. Like it's made of metal, stupid. You can't shoot it. <laughs> I know. Or, or, you know, it's on wheels, right? And just run behind it. <laughs> Hot wire that damn thing. Yeah. Or, or like go up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, come go get upstairs. me. Fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just climb up a ladder. <laughs> yeah. That's a good movie too, by the way. That's a Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that, that is movie. a lot of fun. That one's good fun. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get back to our movie here. Cool. So I guess we are now going to talk about our second movie, which is Overlord. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I have to make up a synopsis and not read it from IMDb. So <laughs> I know. I try to do a better job uh, than I did. I was trying to see. I only looked on IMDb. I didn't look on Wikipedia. I was trying to confirm that it was 1944, but I'm pretty sure it was. But so it's uh, it like I joked around the intro. It's during the, towards the end of the war, I believe, and it's Nazi invasion of France. Mm -hmm. They are flying this group in to try and take over, and they have this mission to take out this radio tower on the top of a church. Mm -hmm. 
which is is basically stopping them from getting any sort of serious air support in. So the whole movie opens with them flying all these fucking planes in to try to infiltrate and like every single plane gets shot down, including the one that our lead characters are on, but they parachute out and kind of reconvene with four of them. Well, five of them, and then one of them immediately gets blown up by a landmine. So we're down from a whole plane full of people to four guys (laughs) out there in France to try to... Uh, infiltrate a Nazi village. Yeah. And once they get into the village, they, well, they end up befriending someone. They kind of sneak their way in. And one of them ends up uh, kind of getting into the church and looking around and they find all kinds of crazy ass experiments that are going on. Mm -hmm. And so then they have the conflict of, do they stop the Nazis? Do they just take out the tower? Do they get involved with these people's lives or not, or just, you know, stick to the plan? Right. And all along the way, a whole bunch of people are shot and, murdered and ripped apart and <laughs> in the greatest way possible yeah lots and lots of violence in this one yeah visual this movie is a visual orgy right oh like, yeah like even like the intro the first 10 minutes of the film it's like holy yeah, it's, shit <laughs> well now that was the thing so i went to the theater to see it with kel which always has a, a tendency to kind of make things a little bit more glossed over like i could go and see the worst movie in the theater with him and it's still just like oh this is fun because i'm taking my kid and we're having popcorn right. and we laugh at the dumb shit that happens or whatever even if it's a <laughs> stupid movie like slender man right. uh, but so you know we go there and and it just opens up with uh these planes are flying over they're getting these instructions and then immediately they're getting shot up and guys are getting blasted and the whole side of the plane blows out and people are flying yeah. out and it's just just chaos immediately, and you're like, holy crap. And I don't know what the hell they did to film all this stuff, but it oh. looked pretty goddamn real to me. You did, man. Like, when they shot somebody, it was like, oh, they didn't just, like, you know, bullet hole. They did disintegrate. Oh, yeah. You know, well, even the plane the... effects oh. when, when they were the, – the plane blows up, and the guys are flying out of it, and there's fire, and you see outside there's, like, war going on. And they're they're yeah. throwing guys out the door to parachute. It was – you know, like I said, the when I say visual orgy, that that whole action sequence and the color palettes was orange, blue, and gray. It was just amazing. Like it was, it was so cool. It was just I, I don't think I breathed through the whole. You know, that like I said, that first fifteen minutes of the film, I was like, Oh yeah, I, yeah. What am I doing? You know. And then again, it does it again later on in the film too. So, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, so once they once they hit the ground, then he's like, Oh, there's the captain. Right. And then he goes over to, and then he's surrounded by a bunch of Germans and they just talk a bunch of shit to him and then gun him down immediately. Yep. And we have uh, all the while we have our, our uh, lead badass guy Ford, who is played by a young Kurt Russell, actually named Wyatt Russell, <laughs> right? doing his best Kurt Russell impersonation. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. And just, just being a total badass and, and nonchalant doesn't care. You know, it's just the cool guy all the time. Right. And, he kind of is guiding them through all of this stuff, which is cool because he's like the one that's been through a lot more of the shit. And these guys are a little bit newer and don't really know what they're doing. So right. It's kind like of like his, of his tactical camp. knowledge versus their, right. Their will, you know? Right. Like he had the experience. Uh, yeah. He was the, he was the uh, battle hardened uh, Lieutenant that came, just came from Italy fighting. Yeah. And he was an ex- and... explosive expert or something like that too. So, right. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, his his character is great. I love. Oh, it's great. His whole, I mean, he's totally doing a Kurt Russell impersonation. <laughs> he's even had the, the mannerism, hair kind of, the facial expressions. Yeah. yeah, the hair, the young hair, the inflection. Young Kurt Russell. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, I'm like, man, I just love this guy. And the first time I saw it, I didn't realize that it was him at first. Like at first, it's not super super obvious until about halfway through. Right. And then once 
you see it, then you can't unsee it. So yeah. in the theater, I'm like, I'm just going like, oh, this guy, you know, whatever, he's some some new actor I've never really seen before. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, man, he seems really like someone I, I recognize. Like, he seems a lot like Kurt Russell. What the hell is this guy's name? And I, so I, I, I kind of like sneaky go on my phone during the movie and like look it up real quick. And I'm like, holy shit, yep. it's Kurt Russell's kid. <laughs> hey, everybody. But yeah, I mean, that's cool. I, I, I love his character. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so their uh, their mission was uh, that I guess the Nazis had built this radio tower on top of a church, right? And yes. the guys even said in the movie, they're like, "Why would Nazis do that?" And they're like, "Because they're assholes. Because they know that we won't bomb churches, you know. So yeah. we have to go in there, you know, man manpower and take out that tower so the main invasion could come in, you know." Yes. But I love that reference of it. Like, why would the Nazis build it on top of a church? Well, they're Nazis. They're assholes. Said so, because they're rotten sons of bitches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was the the short lived appearance of Bokeem Woodbine in the movie. Right. I was like, oh, right. cool, Bokeem Woodbine, and then he immediately is gone. I'm like, fuck. His um that. his acting was actually really good. I like him a lot, anyway. Yeah. Um, but when he was surrounded by the Germans, and you just knew that he was just dead right there, you know, like, but he kept joking, but that half smile that went away. Yeah. There, there was just something about it. There was something about it, just kind of like I felt for it, you know. Yeah, and they, of course, they blew him away. Yeah, he did like the, uh, I forget the guy's name, but from Assault on Precinct 13. It's like, anybody got a smoke? Anybody got a smoke? Right, right. right. So any of you Germans got a smoke? <laughs> any of you Krauts got a smoke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just chewed him. Any of you Krauts got a cigarette? <laughs> Get a hose of Yankees, you know? You gotta be shit, none of you? Yeah. But uh, no, I, I love all this action. You get into the uh, the city, we, we meet Chloe, the the French villager who kind of mm-hmm. helps them out, which I don't right. know. It almost seemed like she knew that they were coming, but at the same time, she didn't know. I don't know. It was she weird. She was scavenging. She was scavenging because all her possessions, she had like, you know, canteens and scrap pile stuff. Yeah. Because- but it almost seemed like she had, was like a plant or something like they mm. somehow had like she was like like a safe house for them or something. It almost seemed like. Oh, oh gotcha. Gotcha. But I, I imagine that at the time they were just kind of like set up to safe house anybody that they felt like could help them yeah i think so. so but yeah once they get into this house that's when you start to learn about the science experiment shit so we go mm-hmm. from war to <laughs> crazy you know body horror and and body modification and science not, nazi fiction stuff stuff yeah it's like crazy <laughs> the, the, so we see that the the, yeah. the grandma is like basically turned into a crocodile person like or a something. mush yeah like yeah yeah yeah. What the fuck? Like, so we see a little <laughs> glimpse of her, and then when the guy sneaks into the factory, there's just so much craziness, dude. Uh, the the best thing is the floating head that's just still yes. attached to the spine. Oh, uh, and uh, <sighs> like what? That was so great. And I okay, so I have always had a problem with movies when when uh, when the acting or the the scene comes up and they look at that like I said like a uh, a talking head in the corner and they freak out a little bit and then they just go about their business and they don't mm-hmm. reference it. Well. This movie did a great job about like that real shock value of seeing something like that and going in a shock yourself. Like, and he took that back to his, the soldiers. Like, there's a, there's a, you don't understand. There's like horrific things going on, and it yeah. was like upsetting. It was upsetting to the, the soldiers, you know, to see that kind of stuff, like the experiments sure, sure. and stuff that's going on. Which I'm like, yeah, see, that helps sells it. Well, and I, I do think that it did a good job of showing. It showed you enough without beating you over the head of what was going yes. on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It did take a little bit. Like after the first time I watched it in the theater, and I left, and I was I was asking Kel, like, you mm-hmm. know, did did you kind of get what was going on there? Did you, you know, we went through it and kind of pieced it together ourselves mm-hmm. for the most part, and then from watching it again, I really tried to focus on the few little breadcrumbs that they drop. But they're making right. like this super soldier serum type thing. Yep. And so they show like the. The, the head that has no body that's like talking and just suspended and it's attached to right. a spine. Right. And and in some movies you'd be like, well, how the fuck did, did they just throw that in there to be like freaky and weird? But then <laughs> right. they show that they're using this stuff to reanimate dead corpses. And Correct. Like, oh, okay. So they just had a head and it was dead and they shot the shit into it and just started talking. So yeah, yeah. And there was a whole purpose for this, like you said, that the the super soldier idea, but also. You know, they talk about Hitler's master plan is thousand year Reich in this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how are they supposed to survive this war because they're running out of resources and that whole human experiments that was actually going on in World War II also, you know, maybe not mm-hmm. to this level. I, who knows? Uh, there's always crazy books and theories, right, out there. But mm-hmm. um, to continue the war for a thousand years or, or to do their, their master plan thing, they needed this experimentation going. So there was, like I said, like breadcrumbs thrown in from what was actually going on in history yeah yeah and i guess for um for the the sake of clarifying at least what my opinion i would want to see if you kind of came to the same conclusion mm-hmm. is they there's some kind of they were calling it tar that was underneath the ground which i'm assuming is basically like an oil or some kind of crude petroleum that's right. that's flowing underground in france and they were using this oil they were like soaking people in bags of it yes. until they absorbed it into their system and then they would extract their blood and somehow the mixture of this blood filtered through their system into their blood was creating this super soldier serum yes so yes. it was a little bit shaky on the whole well how does that work but at the same time it's like well we didn't need mm-hmm. a, a you know a string theory diagram of, of <laughs> like well you see the molecule in this attaches <laughs> right. to the molecule in that and then these things create a super molecule and then that expands itself. Like we didn't need all that. So again, the remake, they'll, they'll explain it. They'll have a whole, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, the sequel, <laughs> the sequel, right. Um, yeah, yeah that in, it, it was kind of curious too, that in the movie, right. They explain like this laboratory was built on French technology. The French started this and the Germans occupied France and they're finalizing it. Like, did you get that out of there too? Cause that, I think, I think so because he, the the one little bit of exposition dump when the yeah, guy exactly. right. is, is kind of kicking too much. Wyatt Russell's ass and he's telling, you know, he's doing the James Bond villain thing, yeah, telling yeah. him what they did, yeah. was saying that they had this the whole time under their feet right. and they just didn't have the guts to like actually go through with it. Go through it, right. Mm-hmm. So maybe they had sort of figured something out or they started to, but then they were like, well, no, we can't experiment on people. That's fucked up. So Right. Yeah. Germans uh, at that time. Like, that's where we draw up. the line. <laughs> Germany. Yeah. I was we say. will extract the tar, but we are not going to soak people in bags of tar. We are not that going is, to experiment on Germans. Yeah. But yeah, they had those crazy fucking deformed people that the uh-huh. one guy just gets unleashed and he's like missing half of his arm. And yeah. the bo- oh. he's, he's like just chasing them down and, and throwing people around like he's ragdolling the fucking mm-hmm. the, the girl. I was laughing yeah. when he, he's just like, it looked so funny the way he was running because it had so much purpose. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit, that's terrifying. <laughs> it is terrifying. And uh, I actually do really love the fact that nothing could kill him unless you just like bash their heads and, you know, like mm-hmm. kill the brain kind of deal. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, or, bullets, or burn I mean, them. 
Yeah, you got to. Yeah, exactly. The weakness right, is fire. Because she got the flamethrower right? in the. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they are soaked in oil, so I imagine they would burn faster. Right. But that was their. <laughs> that was actually, I had to really kill them is, is that because, again, that was like a monster that you can't just kill that easily is 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 great yeah and i i mean the 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 science experiment stuff again it was like it was all pretty much practical stuff they Mm -hmm. they showed a lot but they didn't go way overboard with showing a ton of stuff now sometimes a lot of times twitching and and like break it like when the guy's neck neck went back or something you saw the bone spurs come out that was all cg but for the most part yeah and and when they had to do stuff they did it clean like it was yes it was shadowed the right way it was color corrected the right way it looked good you know yep yep um, yeah that's that scene when the guy is dead and then he and he comes back <laughs> so fucked up and his like it's, whole head yeah. bends backwards and his neck bones are sticking straight up <laughs> i don't feel so good i think something's I don't wrong feel so i love that but isn't that a like one of the coolest scenes in the film where their buddy gets shot and then they the guy yeah. injects him and then all of a sudden he comes back and he's like, I feel good. Like nothing hurts. And all of a sudden I feel hot. Like, and then he starts like losing his mind. And yeah, then it's like my like head this. hurts and he headbutts the beam and it just snaps yeah. in half. <laughs> like, they're like, oh shit. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was strong. a great transition to mm-hmm. what the hell is going on. You know, um, the one thing that's very shocking to a lot of people when they see this movie and they don't know anything about it, it's like, it, it's a real war movie, you know, just like we said in Pan's Labyrinth, that there's real war elements of it. There's, mm-hmm. you know, this, this whole thing is just terrifying. And then it goes into this batshit nuts, you know, you know, rampaging monsters, which was like awesome. I played oh, yeah, this yeah. in well, video yeah, games before. Now I get to see it. Cause the whole like first hour is basically a war thing. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's uh you know, shoot it out with the Germans and then hide from the Germans and then they come mm-hmm. in and then you fight them. And then, you know, the guy tries to rape the girl and then yeah. he fucking inter- see, inter- interjects and then he beats him up and yep. which I, I was like the, the one, so they, they do this back and forth where they kidnap the, the Nazi chief guy, whatever the fuck his name yeah. is. I don't know. And, uh, he strings him up and he's they're like, Oh, I'm gonna torture him right. to get information. And then all he does is just punch him in the face a bunch of times. Yeah. And then and I then know. Boyce is like, This is too much. He can't he can't <laughs> stop. This is this is inhumane. I'm like, all he's doing is just punching him. Like, yeah, he might die from it, but Right. This is a fucking Nazi and he's punching him in the face. It's not like he's cutting his dick off and right. sticking bamboo under his fingernails and doing all kinds of fucked up weird shit. Like yeah, he's just yeah. punching him in the face. Like, yeah, just punch. On, yeah, boys. I know. It was so it was so hard to for him to like realize that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they right? return the favor when that guy turns into the super soldier. Oh, that was great. He's wasn't like, it? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't have any rope, so I'm just gonna <laughs> stab this hook through your rib cage and it hang just happens you by to be it. A, I was like, oh. yeah, they're not even in the lavatory. Oh, like, really, fuck. they're just the hook laying there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, almost. that was gnarly though. Yeah, what he stabbed him through the the front breastplate or the under the ribs. And just hung yeah. him under there. Oh my god! And then, of course, he, you know, Wyatt Russell there. He pulls himself out of it to free himself to go in the opposite way. Oh my god! I was just like, that was intense. I know, but he had to. He he had to fail at least once and fall yeah. back oh. down on it though. And then he fell and he drops it back on the hook. Oh man! Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, that's good shit right there. I know. Yeah, that's that's pretty gnarly. And then the the face thing, like we mentioned in the other one, the mm-hmm. the main Nazi leader guy when he's escaping. He gets shot in the cheek and his side right. of his face and his teeth are all fucked up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes back yeah. to the lab and, and is like, where's the serum? Like, oh, we didn't test it on humans yet. You can't do it. Or it's, it's not stable. And he's like, <laughs> right. oh, fuck you. And he, he shoots like two vials of it into <laughs> of himself. Them. Yeah. And just becomes this monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And his face is all messed up and it looks so good. Like, Yeah, it's good. I, I assume there was a little bit of CGI touch up, but there was a lot of practical too in there. No, it was it was 
bloodier than I thought it would be. And like I said, this, uh, uh, violent, like, like that, those impacts when you're getting shot, it's not just, you know, those classic bullet hole things. It's not your, your arm gets blown off, right? Like half right, of right. it was gone when you get shot. You know, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. The gunshots in this are better than in Penn's labyrinth. They were more just like, Oh, there's a hole in his cheek all of a sudden. Right. And right. then in this one, it's like, Oh, there's his whole face is ripped back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those guns are powerful, man. Oh yeah. And I, I liked the, the characters. Like they start out with, I think it's mm-hmm. Tippett is the guy's name. Where he's kind of busting ass and he's just being a dick and he's talking a lot of shit to Boyce and oh yeah and like, yeah God, I fucking I fucking hate this guy he's such an asshole and then he has this great kind of little mini character arc where you start to <laughs> kind of understand his position and you and you hear right. his perspective and and then he does some cool shit and you're like oh this guy's actually not yeah. bad either you know he's a uh, marksman right he's like a sniper mm-hmm. he can snipe things and then like uh, his whole the great he you're, he's the one that uh, befriends the kid right. He saves the yes. kid's life and gets shot in the process, but survives. And when he got shot, I was, I was like, no, no, survive. You know, please live through this. I know, um, he just redeemed himself. And yeah, then exactly. Got shot. That's such a, again, you're right. Great character arc where he mm-hmm. didn't care about these people. He was only like kind of like self-preservation. Then he kind of makes a 180 and, you know, saves the day and, and, and beats a hero. It's good. Yeah. No, he had a, a good little story. And yeah. He was he was definitely such an asshole at the beginning. I was just like, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> he I want was. him to die. I hope he's. And then he doesn't die. And then he's not the one that steps on the mine. He's not the one that this happens to. And you're like, right. damn it, yeah. when's this guy gonna die? Right. But yeah, eventually he kind of turns it around on you, and you're like, okay, we. Yep. I like, we like him you now. again. <laughs> exactly. And the little kid. You're all th- right. What great acting that little kid did, man. Like I, I was looking at his like real like real like terrified. <laughs> he was. I think they really you know shook the shit out of that kid filming this thing. I like the. He, I know, right. He, when he screams, it was, it's like in sympathy for Mr. Vengeance when he's like, yeah, he like threatens the girl to make her cry. So then she yeah, takes yeah, the yeah. picture of Ralph's scared. <laughs> I think that was real. Like, they like actually threaten this kid. A hundred percent. You just don't get that kind of reactions of acting. I think of a, of a kid right. of what, six or seven years old or whatever the kid was. And if we, to get a kid to scream like he did in this movie, they really, he's going to have nightmares for a long time. I like when the kid sneaks up on him, like, I don't know, it's the second or third time, and scares him, and he's like, gotta put a fucking bell on this kid. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, and again, and then, they made a good job of making Nazis dicks, you know, spitting on the ball for the, you know, the kid just, you know, whatever, and being rapey and just stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were overtly assholey. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And they, the the thing, too, is they didn't spend a ton of time on the Nazis. They just kind of showed you, like, oh, yeah, they're burning right. bodies. Oh, yeah, look, he's he's trying to, he's trying to like, molest this girl or whatever. Yeah, like, they, they just they showed you quick show things. The they didn't are. spend yeah. a ton of time with them. Yep. Just tell us and who the bad guys more time are, pretty with much. The good guys. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the, the one thing with the characters that I wanted to bring up to you, I thought that you would mm-hmm. especially appreciate... And maybe this is the J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams influence because he produced mm-hmm. this movie, right. but he didn't write it or anything. So, uh, but to you, and not just because he's a person of color, but does Boyce right. not sort of remind you of Finn from Star Wars? Oh yeah, oh a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because he looks the same, but like the character, <laughs> the whole like I'm, yes. I'm reluctant to kill, and then like you know I see all this bad shit and I feel bad about it, but then I also like I'm willing to do what I have to do and mm-hmm. develops this the courage and the strength to like be who he has to be later on and realizes potential yeah. and he's a I would say a Finn from Star Wars like to compare the two um, boys 
got into his role really quick. Like at first he was kind of reluctant, but he did his job. Right. He was there to do a job. He was obeying orders. And then he was like, no, I have to do the right thing, you know? And Finn took two movies to start doing that whole thing about, I got to yeah. do the right thing, you know? But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, Finn had orders and, and doing what he was doing, but then decided like well, the moral. Well, and he was like reluctant is... to be violent and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like I said, uh, Boyce didn't do anything until the end as far as like, well, not do anything, but he was, he didn't want the guy tortured. He didn't, you know, want any part of it. He was like trying to take the moral high ground of, of everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they had a mission to yeah, do like the, the story like about the, how he didn't kill the mouse and he just like captured it and set it free and then it came back yeah. and got him all in trouble and stuff. You're right. That's like a parallel of Finn's arc where Finn didn't shoot right. any of the villagers, right? Because it was wrong and... Um, well, it was, it was just boys had to get there quicker because he knew he didn't have a trilogy. Well, that, <laughs> that's who. It's like, that, fuck, that's I don't have a trilogy. I got to get to the business here. <laughs> yeah. Next scene, you're, you're, you're all out now. Um, which I thought, okay, so on one hand, and this came to... Um, to answer my question really fast was watching the movie because I was watching. I go, okay, all they got to do is all those guys have to do is take out the tower, the radio signal tower, and then our troops right. would come in and bomb the shit or whatever they would do, destroying the lab underneath, right? Mm-hmm. But Boyce's thing was we got to go down there and destroy the lab and then the tower or at the same time because why? I Like I couldn't understand – why they had to go? Why couldn't they just destroy right. the tower and then the guys would come in? Um, well, I know that the dilemma was between rescuing her brother, so it was, or blowing up yeah, the tower. Yeah, right. Right. So again, he went in there to the, save the boy. To help them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, I, I want to say, I guess if I was going to put logic to it, it would be that since they had to go down there to get him, that they're like, well, we'll just set the bombs up down here. Right. Since since we're already down here. And then we don't have to go up and do that too, or right. something maybe. Well, it because worked then out at they the were end. like, yeah, because yeah, they were like, well, why did he blow it up from the basement instead of from the tower above? And he's <laughs> like, I don't know, it was just what he thought would be best. Yeah, like I said, it, it there was um, it was one of those things that kind of like conveniently worked out because at the end of the film, um, when they were interviewing Boyce and saying like, oh, why did yeah, exactly, was there? We heard rumors of a lab underneath, and he's like, yeah, was yeah, there anything no, else there, under there? There was nothing no, because he knew. Yeah, he knew it, like it couldn't be in anybody's hands. You know, like doesn't matter if it's in the Allies' right. hands or the bad or the Germans' hands. It's going to be used for bad. Yeah, and that's so, that's what Ford had told him. Like Ford had shot himself up with it so that he could beat the bad guy. Yeah, and yeah. then he locked himself in, and he was One like, "Come on, trip. unlock the gate." And he said, "No, man, I can't. This has to die with me. I have to. You know, this has to all stay down here and get burned up. None of this can get out to the public. Right. No one else can have this." Right, you right. Know, so that's why he stayed down there to get it. I guess yep. maybe the only other thing you could say is that because they were trying to not even tell the government that they found it down there, so they were like, well, we can't even... Mm. They're like, well, if we blow up the radio tower, and then we're like, yeah, blow up that church because they're doing experiments on motherfuckers in there. And then they're like, oh, they are? Let's go in and see what kind of <laughs> stuff they're doing. What's well, going that, on it, here? So, yeah, like I said, that technology... I guess maybe that could be a reason. That's what I'm saying. It was didn't. like a convenient... It was a convenient... Uh, Mm-hmm. thing that the our our characters came to conclusion like really fast like this is bad every nobody should have this technology i'm going to yes, blow it not up even the, the government up. no not even I our mean, troops <laughs> i mean they probably were right about that our government shouldn't have it either but i i 100 percent agree with the decision <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> that shit would end up at area 51 getting tested on people <laughs> uh, it'd it, we're in the desert where i live shit yeah <laughs> Just all of a sudden see some crocodile person missing an arm chasing you. Like, At first, I'd be I'll like, "Covered in oil." 
Yeah, at first, honestly, I'd be like, Dad, it's cool. And then I'd be running my ass off. But short distance, maybe 10, 15 yards, and then he'll catch up to me, and I'm dead. Yeah, I mean, at I least could... he's slippery, so you could, like, wiggle out of there. I could try. This is all covered in oil. <laughs> or I can oil myself up, too. and then Yeah, right. And so you really won't be able to grab you. Catch. Exactly. It's like the gotta... greased watermelon thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you got to get the greased watermelon out of the out of the water. No one yeah, can hold exactly. on to it. That's a smart idea. If you're in a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> just cover yourself in grease. I yeah, mean, they can't then they slide you. right <laughs> out when they grab you. That's good. Take that, zombies. That'd be a good. Again, the the remake of Overlord. That will. That's what will happen. Yeah, it'll be a bunch of. It's, it, you could do a crossover with the Greasy Strangler. Right? <laughs> Once covers himself in grease, and then they can't get caught by the the, the oil people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> see that's a good tactic for me that can't really run that fast <laughs> so it's yeah oh yeah, and yeah. There's, well, and, and there's and those things around to outrun so yeah i imagine that they don't run out of stamina so they just run no. full speed for a super long time yeah exactly and weird and and contorted and all over the place <laughs> they can't even like sneak by him because you might accidentally catch an arm you know i know a clothesline <laughs> Yeah, I like the I like the characters or the the monsters in this film. Like like I said before, how they moved and looked. Mm-hmm. And they weren't all the same. Like you know, um, the one used his his bone bones of his arm that was torn off as a weapon, just smash it into like walls and shit, and that's cool. Yeah, and they show they had like the thing with the peepholes where the mm-hmm. the people were inside, and you could see different kind of like deformities of them. Because yeah. really, the the main thing they were doing was they were reanimating dead bodies with this yeah. shit, and then they were. Also soaking people in whatever this tar solution was that was causing them to become mutants and, and all fucked up too. So yeah, remind me of uh, Killer so, yeah, Clowns, was... right? The cotton candy. Yeah, right. Liquefying the people. Yeah. Uh, that also could be a good crossover. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be cool. I mean, Killer Clowns goes with anything. Yeah, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think th- this one. I mean. I was I was eager to rewatch it and see if it held up as much for me without the theater experience and all that. Mm-hmm. And I still had found myself very much loving this movie quite a bit. So yeah, um, if I'm going to, I guess if if you want, we can kind of get into yeah, our yeah. sure final thoughts and stuff. Which I would say that I still definitely love this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like now, you know, removed from that time period when I was trying to make my top list, if it would have. Right. If it would have been ahead of the ravenous, or not the ravenous, but just ravenous, the ravenous right, is right. the old one. Uh, <laughs> if if I would have put it above it or not by watching both of them, because they each have their own kind of individual qualities and and quirkiness about them. Right. But this one has a ton of of rewatchability just with all the action and the the you know the cool characters and the crazy kind of monster zombie reanimated things and stuff that are. That are going on. So I mean, there's just there's so much in it. It's a war movie. It's a right. zombie movie. It's a Nazi movie. It's a creature movie. It's kind of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely love this one. I would still kind of stand by that it's in my top five of of last year. Cool for for my enjoyment of movies. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a ton of criticism about this one. Like there's a couple of like you said, just convenient things or like sure. things. Yeah, or it could be like well. Why would tar turn people into super, like tar plus blood equals superhumans? What? That's Foss, it's weird, fossil but. fuels, you know. What are you doing, Peter? I'm making my own Red Bull. Lois can't stop me from experiencing the manic highs and lows my body demands. Whoa, whoa, hang on, you're adding kerosene? Peter, that's insane. That'll destroy your body. Kerosene is fuel, Brian. Red Bull is fuel. Kerosene is Red Bull. Now, why don't you leave me alone while I'm doing my important work? Peter, that drink will kill you. 
Brian, whatever kills me makes me stronger. <sighs> See, Brian? I feel great. We haven't discovered all of it. It's it's one of those things in um, physics, right? People can't explain. They can explain how it works, but not, not why it's there. So it's like one yeah. of those things. The tar just does it. Why? I don't know. But I can tell you how, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say I, I don't have very much criticism of this one. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just a super well-made, well-produced. Uh, everything looks great. It's 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 very uh, period accurate looking mm-hmm. to me. At least I'm not an expert on it, but you know they they have sure. traditional housing and traditional setups of. The, I mean, we didn't even talk about like the whole village. Right. Is is like this authentic old fashioned village, which you can't CGI a whole village like that and, and right. houses and shit. They had to actually put all that together. Right. So. Right. Just, yeah, just a really cool, like, well done. I think had somebody had said it was. It's like. Um, a low budget movie that got a really high budget to be made. <laughs> I think so. I I think that's actually pretty accurate, right? Mm-hmm. They got a, a but, good paycheck, so. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about now finally yeah. getting to see this? If I saw this last year, it would have definitely been in my top of movies of last year. You know what I mean? I would nice. put it in there because because it was fun. Like, and that's the whole point of movies, right? It's fun. So yeah, watching this from the beginning, that whole action scene, and then that had that. Awesome. When Boyce was running out of the factory where the the the, uh, the lab and the buildings was explained, it was that one shot of him and things were crumbling around him. It was just like, yeah. like those things. It was very were, Indiana Jones like. Oh yeah, and that's like that. That's those get me. Those 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 get me right there on the feels, man. So um, yes, as the kids say, right. So I think so. Yeah, I I've heard it. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll check Urban Dictionary. <laughs> thank you. So those kind of uh, those scenes where you can't breathe or it's taking your breath away a little bit and you're like man that that's cool and it just makes you forget about what you're doing and you and you do an audible like laugh or just like oh my god that's awesome uh, those always bring movies in my book to, you know up a notch even though like you said there's some there's some things that just like maybe they were too convenient as a story but hey it's a, it's a simple story it's actually a real simple story you know laboratory right. underground nazis doing experiments like i said i think there's hundreds and hundreds of books and stuff like that on real Nazi oh, yeah, yeah. experiments yeah. and stuff all that and and yeah so the only thing that's is, really complicated is the is the how which isn't yeah. really that important to this it's uh, like they, they give you some stuff it's like okay there's the how so right I- exactly exactly so I, I do love the fact that um it's a technology that nobody can have at the end you know not even the allies uh liberating france yes, yeah. were you know privy to this so that was cool. Um, the acting was awesome. I, I, I bought into everything. Usually these kind of movies, you get some cringy acting with it. You know, you get some because it's a monster movie. It's a horror movie and you're going to get that. But no, I, I bought into it. I, um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, uh, one testament to the movie is I asked my parents, I go, hey, watch this movie Overlord because my, you know, my father, he's, he's loves, he loves World War Two movies. But I, and I didn't tell him it was a monster movie. You know, so okay. I got this text. Uh, I actually told him to do it last night. I got this text last night going, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like I'm like, yeah. They're like, what is this movie? You know, <laughs> like, did you like it? And they're like, oh, it was great, but I didn't expect that. And I, I love that reaction. <laughs> you know, that That's was funny. such a cool thing to do. And um, I didn't really have a, a a sense of what the movie was. You know, so I knew that it had monsters in it, but I didn't know what the whole plot of the movie is when I when I saw this. So I was kind of excited and surprised to it. And um, the villain at the end was awesome. Uh, yeah. The fight scenes are, I don't know, dude, it was just fun. Like, it's a fun movie. So I'm going to put this at love. I love this movie because 
of just nice. how fresh and exciting it is for me. I don't like. I think it could test, you know, stand this year uh, so far of what we've seen and stuff as far as like being like a true horror film when it comes to like just having you know rampaging mm-hmm. fun and not a lot of thought process behind it like pan's labyrinth there's a lot of like you know oh my god let's theory craft this and see what this goes out and maybe your theory crafting could be better than the movie right so sure, overlord sure. is one of those where you sit back turn your surround sound up crank it turn the lights off and just just have fun with it so yeah it's good man i'm glad i watched it nice yeah it's, it's definitely a pretty awesome like it kind of it kind of like came and and went pretty fast too like i know you had tried to see it in the theater and it was like yeah, gone right it away gone. it was gone like in two weeks uh, it was it, it was weird like a ton of a ton of buzz but then now everyone that i've heard talk about it says that they love it and i'm like right man no one was talking about this movie that much last year no i remember you like you went and but, saw so, it and i was like i'm gonna go see it and i'm like well the closest theater now is like 40 miles away i'm like okay I can't yeah, get yeah. there and yeah, yeah, it's not it worth was, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of got off my radar really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely anxious to see if, if Wyatt Russell does more stuff. I'd like to see this director mm-hmm. do some more stuff like this. I think he definitely showed a lot of promise here. Yes. And yes, he gets it. I, like, I, I definitely don't regret having this in my top five from last year. So No. And would you consider this a creature feature? Um, More so... Uh, um uh, just based on the fact that these these monsters definitely are a threat mm-hmm. and then you're you're lead you're you're leading to this process of like things are being turned into monsters and although they're not like cuz to me the other thing is with with feature you're like well they're like a big part of the movie right and so it's right. not a big part of the beginning part of the movie but it's like where everything is leading to is to that central thing yeah yeah like where I, I think in the other like, one they yeah. weren't like the, the the creatures weren't necessarily the the feature of the movie it was about the people right and then they were just like a part of the journey yeah traditionally this one creature like features are yeah like one monster one rampaging monster or sometimes an invasion of monsters right like that could be considered that so i i put that in that category of like an invasion of monsters mm-hmm. where this could have got out of hand and, and took over the world which was i think the purpose of the of that experiments you know was to oh yeah yeah unleash it on the yeah, world the th- and let let it work itself out kind of stuff the thousand year soldiers yeah exactly <laughs> holy christ uh, you asked what the serum was Kafron. i'm thirsty how do you, how do you feel? Uh, I feel really good. Doesn't even hurt. Not as bad as it looks, I guess. That's weird. Add it to the list. Chase? Huh? Can you stand up? Yeah. Easy. Is it hot in here? I feel hot. Chase, Chase. Maybe you should sit down. My head hurts. Oh, 
Chase? Oh my god. My head hurts. Chase. Chase, Jesus Christ, Chase, Jesus Christ. Jeez. What's wrong with him? I don't know. Chase. So now we are back in the swing of recording here, and I know our next episode we are planning to have uh, Desmond Peel come back mm-hmm. from Friends Till the End. He's going to come on to do some some really <laughs> stupid creature type <laughs> movies with us. Yeah. So we'll see. Yes. We'll yes. see how dumb that gets. I can't wait. Um, but until that, uh, I guess if you want, we can kind of plug our or whatever things we have going on here and, and uh, sure. say goodbye. What uh, what do you guys have going on in the podcast world these days? Yeah, well, with my Star Wars podcast, the Sarlacc Digest, um, that's S-A-R-L-A-C-C, you know, they just opened Star Wars Land in Disneyland. So that's like the huge talk of everything. We've got a couple guys that are going. We've got some people that, are, that have went to the opening or have gone to the opening, and they're going to report back. So we actually are going to record tomorrow, which will be uh, dropping in a few days. I'm sure this will be after the fact. So you've already, you know, we've already recorded uh, the Sarlacc thing going on. But uh, we've got a lot of news coming from Disneyland, which I can't wait to get my hands going in there and going on whatever ride it is. And and I plan on not leaving. Like, if you don't hear from me, it's because I'm I'm in Anaheim. I'm arrested, so be forewarned, Paul. I'm I might be there for (laughs) the duration because it looks amazing. I don't know. I don't know if you've got a chance to check any of the news out or they had the grand opening with George Lucas and Harrison Ford and uh, Billy Dee and Mark Hamill. They did this whole you know unveiling of the land and stuff, and it's like bigger than I expected. Uh, Childhood dream come true, right? But it's just now Mm -hmm. I need like three jobs to even go. You know, be able to afford to (laughs) to go, right? So. But right. that's going to be our focus um, here in the next few podcasts. Nice. No, that sounds cool. I I fell. I think I'm one episode behind. I just listened to the first half of Force Awakens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Today when I was at work, so I think I have one more to catch up on. The last one. Or yeah. Maybe. We had. Uh, yeah. We actually had. Um. We met a friend up here that actually does armor. Uh, okay. He does the outer rim armory, and he does like Django Fett's and Boba Fett armoring and stuff, and. Uh, Ernie, who was on nice. our podcast, also just got married, and we 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 had him dress as Darth Vader uh, and walk his bride down, you know, with us. So a guy that we just met 
came to the wedding, dressed as Darth Vader, walked the bride down, and like he became like a great friend of the show now. And so That's we're cool. all over him now because he makes armor. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we're just like, oh my god, we found somebody up here that we can bug. You know? So he nice. was on the show on that one that you heard. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, for me, I don't have any other podcast stuff to announce. I'm just doing this. Um, uh, we, like I said, we have one coming up with Desmond and then another one coming up that we're working on planning, but I'm just going to kind of try and keep the shows rolling with mm-hmm. a bit of a simple outline and, and just kind of keep them going here. And if you want to see a lot of pictures of me running, I guess you could follow my <laughs> Facebook or Instagram. They're very interesting. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm telling you, I look forward to them because again, you know, I I told you I live vicariously through you and your and your running journey. Sure, sure. So when you well, come it's across funny the deer I, and stuff, it's it's I, amazing. I see. Um, I know. Well, this season sucks because there's barely any deer out. I actually saw one today. I took food. So for anyone who doesn't know, what we're talking about. I yeah. I live in an area where there's a lot of deer, and they're they're pretty like accustomed to people being around, so they're not super duper skittish. You can get reasonably right. close to them, and I'll take a backpack when I go run with like carrots and apples and stuff and then i go and if, if they're around i try and approach you know calmly so that i don't right. scare them away and throw it to them or get impaled if they're not, right if they're not around i know kind of where they hang out so i'll go and just leave it there that's cool and, that's awesome uh, today i was going to leave food because you barely see them in the summer there's just right. too many motherfuckers around and stuff going on and they're like fuck this is too noisy during the day right uh but i i went and dropped off food and as i was coming out of the spot where I always leave it, I saw one on the outskirts, and I was like, "Oh shit! Hey, I just left some food for you, so nice. Yeah, go ahead." <laughs> so, hey, but, Paul. Uh, yeah, and hey, I, I, dear. I try to, I try to always kind of like, I don't know, write something about whatever when I'm posting it. But it's yes, funny because I yes. look back on my Facebook memories from like two years ago, and I was much more. I was like, "Oh, I'm facing like this, the hardest <laughs> challenge of my life coming up," and I don't know. I have all these deep thoughts, and I'm very brooding, and I'm like, "God, I was such a fucking douchebag. What the hell?" <laughs> so, and now, now I try and just like make jokes and be stupid about it. I was like so serious That's about funny. it when I started. I don't know. <laughs> I hate two years That's, ago me. <laughs> right. That's probably why I don't post anything. I really don't. I, I, I just like stuff and reshare stuff because I go, well, nobody's interested in this. Like, you know, but no, dude, I, uh, I really enjoy it. Like I said, I, I actually look forward to it, you know, and, uh, um, and then our mutual friend home, he'll, he'll, uh, superimpose something in the background of your runs and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, sometimes, I get a kick uh, out of it. <laughs> definitely. I get a, get a kick out of it, but yeah, it's your, it's a, you know, it's a journey. It is a journey. You know, it's something that I wish I can do. Um, and it's not because I just physically don't want to, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's where I live and stuff. It's not very safe to go out running and stuff. It's, uh, you know, there's all kinds sure. of elements out here where I live and, you know, from rattlesnakes to, you know, uh, mountain lions and coyotes and all that stuff. It just, I, it scares me sure, to go sure. outside. Well, and it's, it's hard to get to it's it's like learning anything it's like learning yeah. to play the guitar you have to suck really bad at it and be jealous of everyone else for like a long time before oh you're sure like, oh, I'm, I'm good at that i'm kind okay. of in the same <laughs> classes as other people now right i got you, you know, it's, it's just like anything is like that i feel yeah yeah you know, they, uh, i mean i can always go that, to a park what's the the saying is like rome wasn't built in a day or something right so. <laughs> yes it wasn't it was like maybe two three days yeah i mean but they had a lot of guys so yeah, I know. It's I'm just all one slaves. person. All slaves, right. right? Yeah, I can get a lot done if I had a bunch of slaves. 
I mean, yeah, not to, that I to run them. for you. <laughs> just drag me. Just pull me. <laughs> pull me on the sled. I got like 30 guys pulling me on a sled. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to win this for sure. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, that will probably do it for tonight. So cool. thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you would like to also check out our network affiliate friends, we are part of a few different podcast networks. So we can be found on the Legion Podcast Network, on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, and the Padded Room Podcast Network. So be sure to stop in and say hi to all of our friends there. And if you have a minute to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be great. Yes. I think that will do it. So we will see everyone next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. See ya.